The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. You are now about to take a journey with professional advisors Ken Smith and Ethan Broga on Empirical Investing Radio. Fasten your seatbelts. You're going to need them. Just because the hosts have a sense of humor does not mean their advice won't change your life. Good afternoon and welcome to Empirical Investing Radio. I'm Ken Smith, Certified Financial Planner and CEO of Seattle-based wealth management company Empirical Good afternoon, Ethan. Hey, Ken. Ethan Broga, Certified Financial Planner, partner in Empiricals with me today. As good to be here. Good, good to be here. Good to see you. I understand you got some new suits on order? Uh, not plural, just one new suit. Oh, I thought it was a twofer kind well, of you, scenario. With the, with the one suit, you get two shirts and two ties. Oh, that's a good deal. It's a reasonable deal. Yeah. Well, Ethan, we got a lot of stuff we can talk about today. Yep. Um, the market, the Dow is exploding. <laughs> Strong language, but I like it. Exploding all over the place. Uh, <laughs> above 12,000 here in the last couple weeks. and um, Yeah, as we speak here, it's up 142 points, which is yeah, amazing. We had a minor setback on Friday with the uh, Egyptian chaos uh, ensuing and gold, price, uh, gold prices. Oil prices uh, skyrocketing, I think, about 6, 6% or somewhere around that uh, level, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's just a uh, you know a sign that that uh, um, you know, when there are a lot of factors I guess that go into pricing the market, and there was some news out today uh, I believe around um, manufact the some of the manufacturing statistics came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ethan, I thought we could talk about we never finished our discussion last week about alternative asset classes. Um, we've got some mailbag items that okay. I thought maybe we could start with yeah. that are uh, good general discussion points. Um, and, uh, you know, anything else that comes to your mind? Well, how about we start with our contact information? Okay, let's do it. Uh, as usual, you can reach us at contact at empiradio.com or here at the office at 800 and as always, if you're an individual investor looking for some help with your investments and financial planning, we'd love to, to get together and review your situation with you. Um, and also, if you're a professional advisor looking to, to partner up with a, uh, another firm, perhaps, um, we'd also love to hear from you. And, you know, just an example of the type of things that we've, we've built for ourselves here is 
I was over in the, the Bellevue office uh, or in Bellevue yesterday visiting with a client. And as you know, Ken, all of our systems now are available online, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was meeting with a client over there because it was convenient for them to meet in Bellevue rather than Seattle where I am every day. Right. And I rented an office for an hour or two and walked through, um, basically built a retirement plan in that office. Wow. I had my laptop up and I had the access to our retirement planner along with the other important material information relative to their situation and build it right on the spot. That's great. And so uh, just an example of the type of, uh, of infrastructure we've built for ourselves as advisors. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, Ethan. Thank you very much. And my point with that is, is that rather than have, you know, if you're running your own practice now and maybe you're, you're a small practice, maybe you have five, 10, $20 million and you're struggling with the, the, the heavy lifting on the technology, perhaps technology and or the other aspects of running a business, we can help that uh, help you out significantly, I think and leverage the, the time and experience we put into building our system. So just an example, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, again, 800-923-4307. Well, thanks, Ethan. Yeah. And I would encourage you, you know, um, to give us a call uh, if you're out there and you're just not really sure if your investments or your financial plan is on track. We do, um, we're offering to do kind of a general overview Mm-hmm. at no charge but we also do work on an hourly basis we have no problem doing it over the phone so it doesn't matter where you're at in the country right. um, we just want to help investors and individuals make smarter financial decisions and have a higher success rate achieving their goals yep that's what gets us up and gets us excited about this uh, this project mm-hmm. okay Ethan well I thought we could uh, move into this mailbag segment and uh, talk about some of the you, you, questions you, you, that we're you, you grappling with mail. on a day-to-day the basis. The mail is here. We're in the Ooh. trenches. Mail call. Gather around, everyone. <laughs> I love this clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what's in the mail. Yeah, let's see what's in the mail. Ooh. All right. Well, if uh, Simon could just mail. hand over mail those call. envelopes. The stacks of letters here. They are flooding in. So I thought, Ethan, we could... Start with some some interesting statistics. I was looking up some articles, um, financial planning websites, and I, I just wanted to check these statistics. And uh, this was an article that was out in 2010. It was two years after the crisis. Americans haven't changed use of financial planners. And we'll get to your mail item, but after we talk about these statistics, and uh, basically, as we we're merging from the crisis, um, and my definition is that the stock and, and the stock market was recovering, right? mm-hmm. where, as we talked about, about 100 and some percent from the bottom on a global model portfolio that we, we track. Uh, you know, in, Americans say in this article, they quote, the Americans say they are more concerned about their finances, yet they're not turning to financial planners and droves to help them manage their money. According to a survey conducted by the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards, 28% of individuals said they used a financial planners a financial planner in the recent survey at the time of this article, and it was 29% two years previous. Um, nevertheless, 43% said that financial planners are more important since the financial crisis started two years prior to this article. Mm-hmm. Um, the CF board, CFP board drew the findings from a phone survey of 1,000 Americans. And uh, the author of this article goes on to to uh, try to explain 
you know, why. And it's just one of the reasons Americans have been reluctant um, is they believe financial planning services are for the wealthy, um, not for the middle class. Also, Americans probably don't know where to find an advisor they can trust. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As financial products are available, they become, you know, they've, they have become ever more diverse and complex in what's out there. Um, you know, the article goes on to say it's important to uh, understand, you know, what a CFP certificate does, what a certified financial, and, and distinguishes them from a professional who does not have that designation. Right. Um, and then it, it, it talks about uh, since the start of the financial crisis, 31% said they, um, among those who had begun to use a financial planner, 31 said uh, they'd done so because difficult times created the need for financial guidance. A uh, larger group, 44, said they learned they leaned on financial planners for reasons other than the crisis. A lot of people will look for a planner when going through a life transition. Um, and just looking here if there's any other, uh, you know, interesting nuggets. Um, in general, I, I find it interesting that um, you, you have these statistics that are very low for individuals seeking financial help, right? But another article that was uh, published here January 12th of 2011, 94%, this was money management executive, 94% of Americans wish they were smarter about money. So we have a, a very large or high percentage out there who wishes they were smarter about their financial decisions or money, mm-hmm. but a very small percentage that actually have engaged any professional to to get that help. Right. So you had mentioned something when we were talking about some of the questions we've gotten recently. Yep. Uh, and it was that you were talking with uh, an individual about their personal financial situation. And the work that we do as CFPs, um, in addition to the day-to-day investment management that we incorporate into our wealth management offering. Right. Um, and something that we've noticed, you and I, and, and not just in this situation, uh, in other situations that people tend to look at the, the actual financial planning part of our service is less valuable or less necessary. Yeah. You want to talk about that kind of yeah, I think there's a big, a big. When you say the word financial planning, it seems kind of ambiguous and sort of nebulous. And really, it, I think most people think it's just, hey, I'm just following the rules that basically everybody's doing already without any real, real analysis done in my specific situation, which I find is ne- never the case. There are always things that are, that go, um, you know, stones that go unturned, as it were, when you're looking looking for financial planning, um, um, uh, things to help with. You know what I mean? Um, most folks, uh, I think, discount the financial planning aspect of our business significantly, and it's mostly because uh, I, I think, anyway, that it's a couple different things. One thing is that everybody says they do it, uh-huh. you know, so it's hard to distinguish advisors that do versus advisors who don't because everybody says they do it, at least, and it seems that way anyway. Uh, most advisors say they they offer that, and to what extent you don't really know until you go through the process. So you don't actually know what, what it means that they offer financial planning until you go actually work with them <laughs> through a, a financial plan or something. It's kind of difficult. And a lot of times, the, I think the rules, most people just think that, hey, the rules, hey, everybody knows the rules, and maybe my accountant's doing that. Right. Which is really not ever, unless your accountant is also your financial advisor and helping with the investments, they probably aren't talking to each other consistently enough to help maximize your situation anyway. 
And in this particular case, an another thing came up. Um, the, these folks were, I've been working with another uh, advisor who basically helped them with the investments only and didn't have other aspects of their financial life, you know, uh, incorporated into their investment plan, basically. And one of the things I was talking to him about and saying, hey, I, in order to do an analysis, I need to get your tax return. I need to understand uh, at a fine level what's going on with your tax return. And their response was, well, why do you, why do you need that? I mean, basically, I can just tell you what's on it, right? Right. Which, which not, is, you couldn't, couldn't tell me what I'm looking for, I'm sure of that. Right. Because what ended up happening at last year is a perfect example. This person was working with another advisor last year, again, mostly on their investments. And they told the advisor, hey, I'm in the 25% tax bracket for, for 2010. Well, guess what? Turns out they were not. They just assumed it was the same as the year before, where hmm. really it wasn't at all. It was far lower. And when I, actually what ended up happening is that they were in the zero bracket because of, of the amount of write-offs they have, deductions right. they had. And what they could have done last year was convert some of their IRA monies to Roth IRAs last okay. year and pay, basically pay very, very little in tax to a certain, to a certain extent. Right. And um, so there's enormous opportunity there to pay, to, to convert assets at a very low tax bracket. And that's one thing that a financial planner who's coordinating your different aspects of your financial life, tax, investments, and other things, into an, an ongoing financial plan, that we recognize these opportunities when they came up and rather than let them go. And so then this year, they're actually in the same, a similar situation where they expect to be in a very low tax bracket this year. And so we're going hey, to gather a return, actually go through the analysis, and I'm going to make a recommendation of how much they should convert based on their current situation. And it isn't that this one year is a big deal. You know, It isn't just this 2011, make sure we get it right this year that matters. What matters is doing it right every single year. Right. And maximizing the, the, ma the benefit over uh, your lifetime of doing consistently the right things will be enormous to that family. Yeah, it's the culmination of a lot of different areas that we go over. Either we need to take a quick break. Okay. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. The incidence of autism has increased at an alarming rate. Approximately 1 in 150 children are affected by autism, giving autism the undesired ranking as the most prevalent childhood developmental disorder in the U.S. 67 children will be diagnosed today. That is nearly one child every 20 minutes. Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica, hosted by Terry Aranga, illuminates how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Autism 
autism is treatable and given appropriate therapies. Children are recovering with well-known researchers and doctors, members of Congress, and expert service providers from a wide range of disciplines. Terry offers interviews and insights highlighting the progress in areas related to autism spectrum disorders such as biomedical research and treatment, communication, education, and behavioral modalities, sociological and philosophical issues, and legislative advocacy and insurance concerns. Autism One, a conversation of hope, broadcast each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Autism One, a conversation of hope. Through education and conversation, there is hope. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. All right, welcome back. Empirical Investing Radio. We're talking about the fact that 94% of of Americans polled um, in a study said they wish they were making smarter financial decisions, yet a very small percentage um, are going out and getting professional help. So, Ethan, we were were digressing on that a little bit, talking about... (laughs) The fact that uh, you know when we we you had a question recently, and we've got it uh, over and over again, where you know we're we're talking about what we do as investment advisors. Um, a lot of focus gets put onto the the managing of investments and the performance of investments, but we think it's equally it's the marriage of fi- the financial planning to the investment management in as conflict free of an atmosphere as possible mm-hmm. with credential experienced help. That the marriage of those two that gives you wealth management and gives you the highest likelihood of success, and often the people we come across diminish the value of the planning. Mm-hmm. And you know, just what you mentioned there, just that gives you the highest likelihood of success. I think it also gives you it, it maximizes your success because you may you ultimately are probably going to hit retirement. I mean, you're going to retire at some point. Right. But if you are doing things prior to retirement, you know, many years before retirement, that sort of maximize your retirement. You know, make it happen at say whenever you at say sixty, if that's what you're looking for, rather than seventy. That's a big difference, right? Right. We just if you had a, had a plan in place that you're disciplined to and in executing every single year, that shortened your time frame. You know, just by getting you making you arrive at retirement, i.e., a successful retirement, uh, at ten years earlier than you otherwise would have. That's a big deal. So it's the magnitude of success I think that financial planning offers as well, which is a is a good thing. And going back to my example before, right. looking at the, uh, my, this person I was speaking with about the planning and just trying to review, understand their situation and look at the tax situation a bit, they did have their old tax return from 2008, which I, I, I quickly went through and looked for a couple of things. And things I noticed right off the bat is, hey, why, why are we in municipal bonds this year? You know, you're, you when, have, again, we're in a zero, zero tax, tax bracket, bracket, right? That's kind of weird. Um, hey, well, weren't you working with an advisor in 2008? Well, sure, they said. And well, did you pay them a fee in two thousand? Well, yes. Oh, well, how come it isn't on your itemized deductions? You basically didn't get credit for paying. You know, what I mean, your your the fee you pay an advisor is uh, is tax deductible. 
and it wasn't on the return. You know, those are things that we, we are looking for uh, to help maximize our client situation on a, on a regular and cons- consistent basis. Um, so a few other things relative to that, but uh-huh. more importantly, I think, and you hit it on the head, Ken, is, is that the integration between the investments and the financial planning is really where the, the maximum amount of value is. You know, I think if you have a, a, a working retirement cash flow plan that then helps you understand why you're investing the way that you are in terms of allocation and things, it's going to give you a lot more discipline to stay on track with that because you know how that, how that integrates with your overall uh, goals and objectives you've stated in your, your retirement or cash flow, cash flow plan. Another example would be things like, uh, and these are pretty simple ideas, like really just looking at your insurance on, a, on an occasion. Most folks, uh, hey, I have insurance, I'm covered, right? Well, they don't really know what their deductibles might be. Maybe their deductibles are, are very, very low, and consequently they're paying very, very high premiums. Well, really, th- you can you can set it up in a way where you can you can save a little money on on your premium while actually be increasing your amount of coverage and protection that it gives you. Right. That's frequently overlooked, um, as as just uh, through my experience anyway. That's it's one thing that's constantly missed, and it's just taking the time to go through all those things and, and make sure that all the eyes are are dotted and the t's are crossed to make sure things are in order in a way that they should be. You know. Yeah, I I, I just think you know there's. You mentioned a few, right? There's several different areas of, of financial planning. There's retirement planning. There's estate. There's tax. There's um, asset protection, mm-hmm. right? right? There are budgeting and, and developing a budget and, and managing it. I don't think that there's anyone out there um, at whatever level you are that wouldn't benefit from getting some professional help, having a financial planner. I mean, the, right. I was just reading again, the statistic is mm-hmm. 28%. Are you have, have used financial planners? Um, I I don't know why it wouldn't be a hundred percent, other than the people who are in the industry. But even then, I don't manage my own assets. Right. Um, so I I don't. You know, if I if I wasn't making a lot of money and I was looking to save and acquire retirement, I certainly would invest in getting some help on. Hey, how do I do that? How's the best way? If I was making money, um, I'd want to. I would want to protect and retain as much of it as possible. You know, I don't want unknown uh, liabilities popping up and and whisking away my wealth. Yeah, derailing your plans. Uh, you know, yeah, derailing things, or I don't want to give up more to taxes than I need to. Right. You know, I want to make sure I'm, I'm maximizing every opportunity that someone's holding me accountable to a plan that I'm not blowing what I've spent. Uh, for many of us, a lifetime building up on one or two bad investment decisions because they were made out of the context of a well-thought-out yeah. financial plan. And this is this advice that we're talking about here is more valuable than anything that I'm hearing out on CNBC or um, any of these publications, a constant bombardment of investment. Hey, this is what's hot this year. You should be doing that. The Susie Orman kind of nonsense. It's call in with these questions or the other shows. I, it, it's it's odd what actually gets ratings or gets uh, listened to. There seems to be an inverse correlation to that and what's actually useful in generating wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, as a, as an individual pers- investor, you should. Realize that you don't know what you, you try to know what you don't know, or, or right. you don't want to assume you know something that you actually don't know, and that's the case I, I often find. I mean, uh, if you're a working professional, you've been doing, you've been working, say for for ten, twenty years at a particular job, and uh, or, or area of expertise, 
the the amount of knowledge that you gain in in executing that on a regular basis cannot be learned overnight. In other words, if I was to switch my profession here to try to be an engineer, right, or any type of engineer, I, it would take a significant amount of effort for me to get up to speed, right? Right. And even now, I don't even know what that would entail. I'm not not geared that way. I don't have that experience, that knowledge. But an engineer. Likewise, likely doesn't have the same type of, of expertise on the areas of financial planning. You know what I mean? Or like, right. like a doctor is a good example, too. I, I couldn't be a doctor tomorrow. <laughs> I couldn't be profi as proficient as a, uh, as a person with a Ph.D. In, in mechanical engineering uh, tomorrow. Uh, it would take a very long period of time for me to get up to speed. And you know, uh, hopefully that person will also realize that there are some areas of expertise that they don't know about. Right. And then uh, obviously take the corresponding action there. Um, to help their situation out, there are there are some um, tools out there that would help you find a, a financial planner, Ethan. I think you know the FPA, the Financial Planning Association, is one. Um, I'm a member of that of the Financial Planning Association. I think if you go to their website, it's FPA. Uh, it's FPANet. Um, dot org, or just Google FPA Financial Planning Association, and yeah, they've I, got some. Uh, you know, criteria that you can use. I know you're a member of another organization. Yeah, NAPFA, the National Association yeah. of Personal Financial Planners. That's to me. That's a I like personally. I like a that. gold standard, as it were. Basically, because it means that anybody who's associated with that that um, organization is a fee only advisor. Where that, yeah. that may not be the case necessarily with the FPA. Right. Right. And in other words, you can have just salespeople signing up for the FPA. Maybe. Right. But obviously, there's there's, good, there's folks that aren't doing that included in that organization, and it, it, it's a good organization, but. I, I like the of the two anyway. The NAPFA, the National Association for Personal Financial Planners, to me really hits home. Yeah, and there's tons of information on, on there real, uh, for consumers to to help make sure that the person they're working with is is you know a fee only type of advisor. Okay, well, um, I think I think that that getting help is a very important one of the one of the more important rather than talking about stock what stocks to buy, those kinds of things. Um, you know, getting the right help from the right type of person is probably the most important financial decision you can make. We know, we know, probably more than twenty-eight percent of the people out there are invested in something, right? Um, and, and so, if they are, my view is they should. It should be the same percentage that's out there getting some independent, fee-only, qualified help. Um, and maybe we'll put a little paper together and put that on our website with the other papers on how we would pick a financial advisor. That's a good idea. Um, all right, Ethan, the other question that came up recently, and I think it's a timely question based on the fact that we just said the market's getting back to 2008 levels here, um, clearing the 12,000 level, is there were a lot of people that pulled their money out of the market towards the bottom of the market. Sure. We talked about those statistics and in recent shows and uh, they may be sitting in cash right now and so a common question that advisors get and if you're an advisor out there listening to us you know you've gotten it is geez i want to i agreed to uh if you get a client to agree to a, a particular asset allocation maybe they've been sitting in cash and now we go back through the process of building up a, a financial plan and an asset allocation an allocation that of the correct amount of stocks to bonds um the question that common, commonly comes up is, well, should we put it all, invest in stocks all at one time? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. 
I've got a lump sum of cash that I want to get deployed into stocks. How should I get that in? Um, and particularly now, right, when the market has come back from the bottom significantly, mm -hmm. is this a good time is usually a good is a question that comes up. Right. So I, I think we can give our, our uh, best crack at that, that answer, giving an answer to that question. Um, we've got to take a break real quick, though. Yeah, and just about uh, you better like believe it. 20 seconds or so. Uh, before we go to the break, I'm going to give out our contact information again. It's 1-800-923-4307. Or you can go to our website at empiricalfsfranksam.com if you want to learn about empirical wealth management and how we can help you. We'll be right back after this, and we'll answer this question about dollar cost the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management, inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Okay, welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We are in the mailbag segment today, pulling mail out left and right, Ethan. we got stacks of it here. In a frenzied fashion. And uh, what we're talking about is this question uh, of dollar cost averaging. If you're sitting in cash, 
Um, I think there's been a lot of talk over the years about dollar cost averaging. And maybe if you wouldn't mind, Ethan, explain, you know, what dollar cost averaging is. And we'll put it back into context. You're sitting there, you've got cash that need, that you've decided you're going to get back into the market now. Um, and you're trying to determine the best way to get that money working for you back in the market, but you're concerned. Um, but let's start with defining, you know, the options tend to be I'm going to put it all in or I'm going to, you hear a lot of I'll dollar cost average it in. Yeah, well, the dollar cost just refers to, um, you know, say you have $100,000 that you want to deploy that should be invested in stocks, uh, you, you've determined. Um, you could do it all at once, as Ken says, or you can do that over uh, a specific time period, maybe over the course of, you know, a year, let's say. You decide to invest $100,000 in equal increments over the next 12 months. That'd be an example of dollar costing. And the idea, I think, is is that you just sort of re- you reduce some of your your down potential downside risk um, by not lumping lumping it all one at time one time. So it'd be, it'd be awful. You'd feel terrible uh, anyway if you invested tomorrow and the market went down 20%. Well, to prevent that, you can dollar cost average. Obviously, you're not betting the whole $100,000 in this example all at one time. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is you'd be able to average a cost or average do- dollar dollar into the market, more or less. Does that make sense? And and in historically, when I've seen advi- this talked about in the financial community, um, the idea being that hey, when the when the market goes down, you're buying more shares, so you're getting your average cost is going down. Right. So when the market does recoup, you'll have a higher, a larger amount of gain. Um, it's it's not backed. This notion, um, and and if you're just afraid, if it's just pure fear because you've you've been out of the market uh, for a long time, and and you're just afraid. Hey, I and I got gotten burned here. You know, I don't want to see. I don't want to put a large amount of capital in and see it go down. Um, and if there's there's a psychological benefit of of not experiencing <laughs> these chickens. What are we? What's going on here? Um, you know the psychological benefits that you may derive from from av- avoiding that. Have saying, hey, I've been out for a year. I put in, and now the market goes down twenty percent. The feeling of regret that you would experience. We call it regret avoidance. You know, you're trying to avoid that regret. That may be very powerful and very strong, so that it's worth. Uh, doing it even if you miss out on on opportunity. Um, but let's talk about the statistics a little bit. Okay. Um, I had our analyst Steve run some numbers on our model portfolios, our globally diversified portfolios. And I like to do that because you hear a lot of market discussion that tends to gravitate around the Dow or the S&P 500. Right. But we're not in that world anymore. Um, it's becoming, I, I, know, I know we've been far ahead of the curve, I guess, but I think even the traditional brokers and active managers now get this idea that we need to be globally diversified. Should be some asset allocation out there that we're using, right. other than just U.S. stocks. Yeah. So we we always kind of crack up when these managers talk about, well, I beat, you know, I'm buying 20 stocks and I beat the market or whatever. And it's like, well, we beat the market for the last 10 years and we didn't have to take on all that risk by just properly diversifying. Right. Um, using science and, and the market potential uh, to your benefit. You know. So anyway, 
the we looked at this and you and if you're looking at statistics just so you know them um of hey i've got a lump sum of cash and should i put it in or should i try to dollar cost i've not been able to find any empirical data that says you know dollar costing increases your return your odds of having a greater higher rate of return in fact you know if we look at uh one month monthly data quarterly data or, or on a year annual basis there are positive expected returns from equities. They, over those time periods, have a tendency to produce uh, positive returns. And what the frequency is, is, you know, in our model, in one-month intervals, it's about 66% of the time you have a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. um, it's about 60% that you beat Treasury bills going back to 1970. So from 1970 through the end of 2010... On average, 66% of the, the months that you would have experienced would have been positive, and 60% of those individual months would have had a return premium over treasury bills. If we extend that out to a quarterly basis, uh, you, you have a, you know, a higher, the one-month expected return was about 1% in our global model, and uh, the quarterly is about 3%, and the frequency that you had a positive return was 70% in any one quarter. Wow. Uh, the frequency that it beat treasury bills was 63%, so a little bit of an increase there. If we extend that out to a year, you've got a geometric average annual return of about 13% on our middle-of-the-road equity portfolio. It's our premium. We call it our targeted premium three. Mm -hmm. It's got a very moderate uh, weights towards small and value in some of the higher emerging markets. Mm -hmm. And then we have other models that have greater exposures to those premium asset classes. So this is kind of our middle of the road, premium three. Uh, over one year periods, the frequency that that one year, uh, that that model is, is positive is 81%. Um, the frequency you beat treasury bills was 73%. Hmm. So what that tells us, Ethan, is that if we're dollar costing, if we're putting in on a monthly basis or if Whatever frequency you want to use here, quarterly, or if you extend it to to annually, right. I'll put in a deposit and get in over the ten years. What you are likely to do is just to forego some of the equity premium, some of the return you expect in excess of treasury bills or risk free, mm -hmm. you know, your cash or your money market. Mm -hmm. um, that's what you're doing. So, you know, the, when you're going against those odds, and another way of looking at it on an annual basis here, if you said. Hey, we've had, ending in 2009, we've had, uh, if we just look at calendar years, we've had 62 uh, positive years and 22 negative years. Um, and if you kind of divide that up into um, a distribution chart, as they do in statistics, Ethan, mm -hmm. uh, a very large percentage of the, the returns on an annual basis fall in the 20 to 30% range. Um, so, you know, if, if you could see this graph, um, you'd see that they, out of all the 62, you've got the greatest amount falling in, of those positive years, the greatest amount falling in a 20 to 30% return. And you got a pretty good chunk in the 30 to 40% return. So that, that long-term historical average of 10% on the, on the S&P 500 is an example. Um, it doesn't come in 10% your, you know, returns each year. You have negative years, you know, there was 22, um, and sometimes those are severe. There was, you know, the worst 
single calendar year was in 1931. It dropped 43 percent, and then 2008 there were two two years where you had a, a between a 40 and a 30 percent loss, and 2008 was one of those. Yeah. Um, so it's been in recent times that we've hit one of the more infrequent levels of volatility on the downside. But a lot of those declines are in the 10 and the 0 to 20% range on an, on an annual basis. So what happens is you have these, you'll have some negative years, and then you tend to have some really large positive years. Uh, so you've got a positively skewed um, distribution. distribution here. And what that means when you're dollar, getting back to our question, what does that mean? What it means is that you're more likely to miss a big upswing than you are to avoid a big downswing by being out of the market. Um, and the danger in that is that, and you've probably seen those studies, Ethan, where if you miss the 10 best trading days over the last 40 years, how that really hurt your annual return. Yes. By just missing 10 days out of, you know, a thousand different trading days, you know, right. thousands of trading days. It's because of the way, the nature of how stock market returns uh, show themselves. It isn't, it isn't like the odds are, are equal, right, that you'd have a positive or negative experience. It's not 50-50 split. No. It's, it's a positively skewed distribution, which means you, you're more likely to make money than, than lose money uh, over a, a, any of these time, time intervals, basically. I think even so on a daily basis, right? You, you have a positive overall return, and therefore the, the overall returns must be skewed to the right. I mean, in, in our global model, right, for the last 40 years, you being out of the market, you're fighting 81% odds right so that is not a like you're saying it's not just a random hey in any one year it's a 50 50 shot and so you know i want to avoid some of that it's you know being out of the market you're 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 fighting those um good odds you're placing bets on the 20 percent of the time right which is pretty low right and the payoff on the 20 percent of the time isn't isn't a great payoff you know it's hey i might avoid on average a moderate decline Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying um, the amount of returns that fall, you know, in the 30 to 40 percent positive, are much greater than when it's there was only two that were 30 to 4 percent negative. Does that make sense? So it's just another way of how those statistics. So in short, dollar cost averaging is not economically or statistically a good idea. Once you've assessed your risk tolerance and you say I, I've this a certain portion of equity is appropriate in my portfolio. The best approach is to just invest in it. Um, and that means even if the market does, we do happen to fall in that small percentage of the time that the market does go down right after you invest, you don't kick yourself afterwards and say, well, I made a dumb decision, right? Right. Because you go with those odds. Still, it's still right. statistically meaningful to do it the way that you did. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back for our last segment. Great. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Are you an individual investor looking for a trusted financial advisor? Or are you a financial professional looking to connect with a world-class wealth management firm? My name is Simon Liu, Portfolio Manager with Empirical Wealth Management. 
inviting you to contact us at 1-800-923-4307. That's 1-800-923-4307. Or visit our website at empiricalfs.com. That's E-M-P-I-R-I-C-A-L-F-S.com. Our mission at Empirical is to provide clients with the most effective, unbiased investment and financial planning advice available. Empirical is changing the way investment advice is delivered by striving to put our clients' interests first. Call us now to get started with a no-cost, no-obligation discovery process. The number again is 1-800-923-4307. Or you can begin this process on our website at EmpiricalFS.com. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and co-host Ethan Broga. To call into the program with a question or comment, please dial 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at empiradio.com. Now, back to Ken and Ethan. Welcome back to Empirical Investing Radio. We're trying to help you make f- smart financial decisions. Ethan, good to see you again. You too, buddy. Oh, on the break there. Um, we're talking about the notion of dollar cost averaging. You've been out of the market. You're, you're, if you're in this bucket, you've been out of the market. You've got cash on the sidelines. You're trying to determine, um, should I put it in all at once? Should I spread it out? Should I try to read the tea leaves and see what's going to happen with the market? Um, oftentimes this becomes a big psychological game people play with themselves where the market goes down and it's, geez, I'm not going to be in the market, it's too low. As it's going back up, it quickly becomes a a discussion of, well, now I can't get back in because I'll feel stupid if it goes back down because I didn't get in earlier. It's too high now. Or, you know what I mean, how often did we hear that when the market was, we were begging people to, you know, don't sit there, get in now, and uh, because valuations were very cheap. And and that's the part I wanted to talk about was do you do you consider valuations in any of this? Hey, real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe before we get to that, one thing I wanted to briefly mention. Okay. Uh, just about allocation again, having the right mix of stocks to bonds. So yeah. if you're an investor who's going to be buying stocks and bonds um, and you would decide to invest all at one time with the equity piece of your portfolio and stocks actually do decline, mm-hmm. that isn't obviously great. It's not what we're looking to, to experience, you don't want to experience that. But isn't like that's entirely 
awful situation in the sense that, well, it's an opportunity then to rebalance your portfolio back to the neutral target at that point as well. Right. And possibly do some tax loss harvesting if it's in a taxable account. Yeah. So it isn't like it's wasted. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity to do some other things that, you know, again, buy, buy when things are cheaper and also tax loss harvest, which, um, you know, obviously aren't as good as getting nothing but positive returns. But it takes a little bit of a negative situation and, and you can get, it, get something positive out of it. Yeah, that's a good point, Ethan. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, you know, the other question here is um, statistically we've shown how it's not, it's not the best approach to to dollar cost. There's no there's no evidence that dollar cost averaging increases anyone's returns because all you're doing by being out of the market is giving up an equity premium, and you're fighting against those seventy to eighty percent odds, right? Right. Um, and we talked about the way that market returns come. You put yourself at more danger of avoiding a big upswing than you do missing out on a big downswing. Exactly. Because those large, large downswings are, even though they seem much more real because we've gone through two of them in the last decade, um, expanding our scope through, you know, throughout the entire history, um, they are less frequent. It's kind of like if we had an earthquake here and then had another earthquake. It seemed like earthquakes are happening here all the time. And, but statistically, you'd expect that, you know, on occasion, you're going to have them clustered together. Right. Does that make sense? It does. So the other thing is valuations. Do you ignore valuation in this decision? Um, we looked at this, and we were answering the question of the client. Currently, the U.S. market, the global markets, if you took them on a whole and you kind of did an average the way we weight them, they're not out of line with their historical averages. They're still relatively good values. Um, there is something to be said and statistically about this idea of mean reversion that when we go through periods of sustained uh, market increases where the market valuations get pretty high, there is this tendency for the returns in the subsequent period to be lower to get the get the long term get the returns back towards that long term average. Mm -hmm. So we go through really really difficult market returns where you have significant declines. There tends to be a, a bump up subsequently to get it back to the average. That has been shown to happen. Um, so if we were thinking about this in the context, if we went back to 1999, the S&P 500 had got to a, a price to earnings multiple at one point, I think around 47 times earnings. Uh, well, the long-term long -term historical PE average is somewhere around, I think, 13 times earnings. Um, 14 times earnings. Yep, right around there. There are arguments that academics have made that because of liquidity increase, increases in liquidity, uh, increases decreases in the cost of trading and other things, um, productivity, you know, in terms of technology innovation, that maybe there's a wide PE ratio that's higher than the long-term average going back into the early 1900s. Uh, so maybe it the, maybe it should be somewhere around 18 instead of that long-term average mm -hmm. um, of between 13 and 15. Um, so what I'm saying is certainly if we were in 1999 and the, and the S&P was trading at 47 times earnings and I didn't have um, a long-term, a lot of experience being in the market, I didn't have a long time horizon and maybe I was going to be a, very concentrated in equity. So if I was only 20 or 30% or 40% equity, I might it might not be as big of a deal. Um, so these things, I would put these things in context, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not giving any blanket, hey, 
you should always put all your money in immediately advice. Uh, there may be certain circumstances at the extremes. Yes. Right? Where you might say, geez, you know, this does seem a little crazy that we're paying you know, four times what the normal historical average we've paid for stocks has been. Yeah, um, I would say that's a warning sign. And particularly, it would cause us to really investigate that person's personal situation. You know what I mean? If it was in, uh, someone in their 80s who wanted to be in all stocks, but we, you know, needed to live off their portfolio, I think we'd be very cautious um, and and talk to them about this idea of, of switching from all their bonds into stocks. <laughs> right? That would change the discussion about well, yes, dollar costing. Uh, and I think that wouldn't necessarily be a dollar costing discussion as much as it would be, hey, I don't know if this is the right allocation for you. Right. Um, kind of a thing. But we certainly would, would talk about that. Okay, Ethan, we've got a couple minutes. Um, I want to open the floor here for uh, any wild card topics that you want to talk about. Hmm. Uh, well, you want to talk about your new suits? You want to? Maybe we can do a funny, uh, a funny um, uh, clip or sound effect or something. Yeah, I can. I was walking down the street the other day. <laughs> hey, 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 that's, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, well, we were going to talk about, uh, last week we were talking about alternative asset classes. Sure. I don't know if I can sum that up in a minute. Yeah, probably um, not. We stopped with hedge funds. The short was don't get involved with hedge funds. Um, unless, as Eugene Fama says, you don't have a problem handing your money over to someone who doesn't tell you what they're going to do. And, and there's a high likelihood of losing it all. Right. That's kind of his... It's a paraphrase quote. It's a pretty that. good one. Yeah. Um, Obviously, he doesn't like those very much. No. Um, I thought it was funny because he said a lot of the guys running these hedge funds are guys in my classes or my classes. <laughs> He's clearly a That's PhD. True. But he said, we never, we never, I never taught them how to do that. So I don't know where they got that knowledge. You know, I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but we were going to talk about commodities and uh, the fact that we do use a diversified um, broad index to get some exposure to commodities and how they fit in the portfolio. Sure. And we believe that that's a much better strategy than allocating directly to gold. Right. And we've got all the reasons for that. So we can jump on that first thing. Next week's show, we'll talk about commodities, gold, um, and currencies. As, as investment asset classes mm -hmm. and uh, the the pluses and minuses of those asset classes. That's all we have time for, Ethan. All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Okay. We hope you've enjoyed Empirical Investing Radio with Ken Smith and Ethan Broga. Please join us again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you next week. The advice given on this show is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as investment advice. Please consult a financial advisor before undertaking any investment decisions. While the show's producers have tried to provide accurate and timely information and have relied on sources they believe to be reliable, the show may include inadvertent technical or factual inaccuracies. Ken Smith and Ethan Broga do not warrant the accuracy or completeness of the materials provided and expressly disclaim any warranties or merchantability or fitness for a particular purpose. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.